All right, welcome to Flip the Script Podcast. All right, so if you've been keeping up with my podcast, the last episode that I did was on Operation Detachment or known as the Battle for Iwo Jima. I took a break from that because and doing a podcast like that requires a lot of detail and studying. And what I found was that even though I was coming up with pages and pages of notes as I was going through it, the problem was that when I recorded it, because I wasn't reading anything, I was just going off of basically just telling the story that when, once I condensed everything, it only gave me about five to six, maybe seven minutes of actual content. Now, that's fine if I'm just making a YouTube video, but for the actual podcast listeners, uh, that kind of cuts things down big time. So uh, I'm going to take my time with that for part two, and I'm going to combine part two with what was going to be part three. So in the meantime, I'm picking up on The Warrior Ethos. It was a book written by, by Stephen Pressfield. Now, this is a book that I had covered earlier. I did one chapter. It was about women in the warrior society. So I'm going to pick up in some sections here. I'm going to read parts of it. And this is about the origins of the warrior ethos. So the chapter that it starts off with is, it says it's called East of Eden, right? So it says, where did the warrior ethos come from? Why would anyone choose this hard, dangerous life? What could be the philosophy behind such a choice? So he's saying, like, why would anybody cho choose to live a dangerous life in the warrior field, right? Either military, law enforcement, if you're martial arts, why would somebody choose to go into that where you could potentially face death or be seriously injured? So... It goes on to say that the answer may come from the Garden of Eden. Many different societies have some version of Garden of Eden. Everybody on earth understands the story of the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve, right? So he goes on to say that, he goes, God sets up Adam and Eve in paradise. He goes, where all their needs are met without any effort. And, but he warns them, do not go near, do not eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Ultimately, we know the story that Adam and Eve did eat from that tree. And because of that, God banished them out of the garden to the land of Nod, which is east of the Garden of Eden. God basically tells them, you humans have to work for a living, right? So there's no more picking fruit for free off of the trees, right? You know, so from now on, you have to hunt. You have to chase wild animals and you have to kill them before they kill you. So Adam and Eve became the primitive hunting band. The hunting band became the tribe, and the tribe became the army. The warrior ethos evolved from the primary need of the spear-toting, rock-throwing, animal-skin-wearing hunting band, the need to survive. This need could be met only collectively as a group working in unison. To bind the band together, the hunter's ethos. Every warrior virtue proceeds from this, courage, selflessness, love and loyalty to one's comrades, patience, self-command, and the will to endure adversity. It all comes from the hunting band's need to survive. At a deeper level, the warrior ethos recognizes that each of us as well has enemies inside himself. Vices and weaknesses like envy and greed, laziness, selfishness, and the capacity to lie and cheat and to do harm to our brothers. Those tenets of the warrior ethos directed inward inspire us 
to contend against the defeat of those enemies within us and our own hearts. All right, so it's a pretty profound explanation of where the word ethos came from. So we can understand that where ethos came from the hunter-gatherer society needs to survive. In order for a primitive hunting band, right, back in the early days of the human existence, in order to catch wild animals, we'd have to hunt in groups. So those groups of hunting bands became tribes. And eventually the tribes turned into armies. So we can trace the warrior ethos, the codes of what it is to be a warrior, back to the hunting, primitive hunting bands. So now we're going to go a little bit farther and goes to the Lord of the Battlefield, right? As Alexander the Great, toward the end of his life, he frequently stayed up all night, sacrificing to the God of fear. Now, why did Alexander the Great stay up all night sacrificing to the God of fear, right? It's because the ancient way of war was characterized by fear. The warrior ethos evolved as a counterpoise to fear. It was to get rid of fear. Is what the warrior ethos was developed in order to take the warrior's fear away from him, or at least in a way that could subdue the fear to where he would still be able to operate under pressure, under immense fear, right? In the era before gunpowder, all killing was of necessity, done hand to hand. You could see how different those types of battles were when you were fighting hand to hand with swords and spears and close range arrows and with gunpowder and you were able to shoot at targets from hundreds of yards away where there is no interpersonal connection between those that you are fighting against, right? In those days of battle back in the day, when you stuck a sword into somebody, you looked into their eyes. You know, so people are shell-shocked now and receive PTSD from, from fighting from enemies that they sometimes don't even see their face. So imagine looking into the eyes of a person you're jamming a sword or, or a spear into and as they plead for their life, maybe they plead for their life. Imagine how that would affect you. Wasn't any different for those human beings living back in the day. They are just like us, right? They're not any different from us. They are homo sapiens who eat, see, hear, touch, smell, have senses, emotion, just as we do today. All right. So it says for the Greek or Roman warrior to slay his enemy, he had to get close, that there was an equal chance that enemy's sword or spear would kill him. This produced an ideal of manly virtue that prized valor, honor, as highly as victory. So virtue that was entrusted in these Greek and Roman warrior cultures prized honor and virtue just as much as victory, right? So it was better to be virtuous on the battlefield and have honor and fight with honor, just as important as to win the battle itself. If you were to win a battle by being unvirtuous or being unhonorable, then you wouldn't be able to show your face in that war society anymore. So here's a uh, poem on this subject. It says, be brave, my heart. Plant your feet and square your shoulders to the enemy. Meet him among the man-killing spears. Hold your ground. In victory, do not brag. In defeat, do not weep. The ancients 
resisted innovation and warfare because they feared it would rob the struggle of honor. That's an interesting observation because we could see throughout history, all military leaders were weary of innovations on a battlefield, right? So for instance, when the invention of tanks or vehicles in the battle, people who loved the cavalry and riding in horses did not want to give up those horses because they felt like if you're going through the woods or forest, you could take a horse through the woods of the forest, but you can't take a tank through the woods of the forest. You can't take a military vehicle through the woods of a forest, right? So they were like, we can move around a lot better with the horses than we would with a tank or with some type of vehicle. So obviously that theory ended up being completely wrong and military vehicles changed the way warfare is, is fought. So it says that, and another example of this is King Aegis, who was shown a new catapult, which could shoot a killing dart of 200 yards. And when he saw this, he wept and he said, valor is no more. So another thing that warriors deal with on the battlefield is the instinct of self-preservation, right? So it says that that self-preservation is the strongest instinct of all, not only in humans, but in all of animal life. So in all of animal life, it is said that the self-preservation is the strongest instinct that any animal could have, wants to preserve itself. Otherwise, if we didn't have that instinct, then we would not be here. None of the creatures that are on this earth would actually have survived hundreds of thousands of times millions of years. We would not never have evolved over time as we would have killed ourselves out if we did not have the instinct for self-preservation. So fear of death is imperative to survival. Nature has implanted this in all living creatures. The warrior eat those evolved counter to the instinct of self-preservation against this natural impulse to flee from danger, specifically from an armed and organized human enemy. The warrior ethos enlist three other qualities, innate and powerful human impulses, shame, honor, and love. So those three qualities that motivate a warrior to suppress the need for self-preservation. So shame. A warrior will suppress his fear of death and the instinct of self-preservation out of fear of letting down his brothers in arms. And then honor, very closely to shame of not wanting to let down his brothers in arms. A warrior wants to be honorable. They want to serve with distinction. And then you have love, the love of those people who you're with your brothers in arms, with your people back at home that you're protecting. So back in the day, you're on the battlefield and you're fighting for the people that are left behind, your wives, your moms, your aunts, uncles, your children, right? The love of those people fighting an enemy to preserve them, to preserve their life so that they could continue to survive. And that means you losing your life in the mix, then so be it. As long as you can, as long as your descendants carry on. So love of family, love of your fellow countrymen was enough to help a warrior suppress his own fear of death and his own instinct of survival, right? All right, so we're gonna end here. This is where we're gonna leave off for this section on the warrior ethos. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you can 
hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the share button. I will try to put up, I know it's been, I haven't been posting and uploading as much uh, as I would like to. I'm hoping that I could get uh, back into it and back in the mix of things and putting content out every week. Look out for that. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any uploads that I do upload if you're enjoying this podcast. Also, the best thing you do to help this podcast is to share this content with your friends and people who are like-minded that would also find this podcast beneficial. So until next time, this is Flip the Script Podcast out.